listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 24 on Ed Reach. RPGs are not just played in your mother's basement. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, September 24th, 2011. Ed Gamer is part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. Big voice. A hiatus voice. (laughs) This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We'll give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. Jerry? Yes. Who are you? Who who are you? Uh, My name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts teacher at Schaumburg High School in Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. Hmm. Jerry? Yes? It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. We've we've been on a little little break. Well, we did it on purpose because, as you can see, it's episode 24 on the 24th, which clearly was planned. Yeah, it took. We had to take right, a couple weeks right, off yeah, to make right. that happen. To make it happen. Yeah, to, we had to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's exactly what we did, Jerry. Yeah, no, it's it's been a busy beginning to the school year. Mm-hmm. I think a combination of of uh, school and more school and more school, and then oh, by the way, you school. know we have families. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and by the way, it's school school. And I think we've been I, – I have been fighting a cold and, and other things in the last few weeks, and it's been kind of kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's the beginning of the school year, isn't it? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, always always takes a toll on you. It does. It does, getting back in the groove and everything. And uh, it's it's been pretty wild. I know – I think uh, I just want to share a few things over the, the past couple of weeks. I know that – and I can't even remember when it was. It's got to be a couple weeks ago <laughs> that I went up to headed up to your neck part of uh, part of the woods oh, near okay. Chicago, yeah, and visited Dan Rezac in his wonderful middle school. Nice. And that was that was an interesting uh, day. <laughs> um, it was it did not, let me back up. It was awesome being with the teachers. It was I had three soul studies teachers plus plus Dan in there, and we were geeking it out with Civilization Four and kind of showing. <laughs> reasoning for for using it and also how it can be used and and I think it was a lot of fun. Um, the it, hopefully Dan's not going to get mad at me for saying this, but the school is on lockdown. Oh, uh, I don't know if I told you that. I, you know what? I think I actually saw this. I saw it yes. somewhere on a post somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So the school is in lockdown. Um, Jimmy Don was be- supposed to be because you were there. It was yeah because they found me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they found me. No, there was a. Uh, uh, some type of, of hap, you know, occurrence nearby, and of course, you know, police how they are. They lock down areas that need to be locked down, like schools. Mm. And uh, so we were locked down for a little bit, and Jimmy Johns couldn't get through. They weren't fast enough. Oh no, not, they're always quick though, according police, to their commercials. Please stop them. What? Please stop them. Maybe that should be it. Should have been our title. <laughs> For our show, Jimmy John's just not fast enough. Just not fast enough. They they didn't let him in the school. No, they didn't. That's like, I, what did they think they were carrying? You know, uh, who knows? Bad who things knows? in their sandwiches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, so there you go. Maybe the police just ate them all. There, <laughs> maybe they did. So that that was an interesting uh, evening 
<laughs> and but dealing with that. But overall, it was I think it was worthwhile for me to go up there and, and talk to their teachers. And but I also wanted to share too that I've been using um, this is probably the most I've used civilization in the classroom, and this year I've used it a lot before. But this year, for whatever reason, it's you know things have worked out pretty well thanks to my uh, building principal. That's awesome. And helping me out. But the kids are just, they're stoked. I mean, it's, you know, I told them yesterday that it's probably going to be a couple weeks before we play the game again. And the disappointment on their faces, (laughs) it was, I almost had to get out some Kleenex. It was pretty sad. (laughs) That's great. So uh, there were some observations that I I did want to share. And one of them being that the girl gamers, um, you know, when I started this, I'm trying to think, three, four, it might, Civilization Four has been out for a while, mm-hmm. three, four, five years ago. The When I started playing this, I had some issues with some of the, the kids really not getting into the games, and that was always a concern because if you don't have kids involved in the game, they're really not learning, and that's not really fair to them. So coming up with alternate activities for them, I'm really not having an issue with that at all. That's uh, cool. And that could be good or bad. It means that more girls are and it was the girls that were having some issues mm-hmm. and the girl gaming i think has just grown tremendously mm-hmm. i've really got some girl gamer geeks <laughs> and to to the point where their parents have contacted me about the game making sure they're buying the correct game you know how they how they can use it at home it's it's got kids playing against their parents very cool uh socializing you know you think of games and Oh, it's it's not a social thing, but you can set it up that way in the multiplayer. Yeah. So the social aspect of it with between parents, I think that is just awesome. It's it's a lot of fun. Now my daughter, my oldest daughter, won't play it with me, but it's because <laughs> it's you know I'm not going to play with my dad. You know, is it's if now if somebody else taught this, if her social studies teacher today oh, taught this, it should it. be all over all it. All oh, about it. Be all over it. But it's coming from me. No, it's not as not as cool. So I know some parents out there are listening and, and shaking your heads going, yes, I understand. I understand that. <laughs> but overall, you know, I, I assessed recently on I, – I made a map for civilization, just a generic map. Mm-hmm. Took off all the – went into World Builder, took off, you know, extra things that aren't weren't needed on there. Just basically had, you know, terrain. And I put that up on the board and I gave them a black because we don't have color, you know, copiers. Mm-hmm. In our school, gave them a black, ver- black and white version of it, grayscale version, and they were to put an X on the place that they wanted to start their civilization and build their first city. <laughs> then they had to list out as many reasons as they could of why they wanted to place that city there. <laughs> that was awesome. They are, you know, they're starting to understand the relationship between humans and the environment, which is is definitely part of. It's not only National Geographic standards; it's also part of the Illinois State standards yeah. and the the I'm hoping the Common Core standards. It makes sense how we interact and and utilize the environment. So it really got to some great discussions. <clears throat> Kids were putting civilizations near mountains, right next to mountains, hmm. and you know they said, "Oh, it helped protect it." And I go, "Yeah, it helped protect you, but are there any problems? You know, in putting your civilization right next to the mountain?" And eventually we got to the point, you know, oh, yeah, there's landslides. There's runoff from, you know, you could have floods. Yeah. You know, landslides, mudslides, rot, you know, avalanches, whatever. 
And then one person, uh, one of my students who, uh, <laughs> it's just so funny. Mr. Gilbert, what about mountain lions? <laughs> hey, that's a serious concern. <laughs> it's great. It's great. And then a kid, the next class, didn't talk to the person from any person from the previous class. Very honest. Mr. Gilbert, what about mountain lions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mountain <laughs> lion will run What's off a, with your, with your offspring. Yeah. The yeah what got a, your baby, you know? It's exactly. Like, it's like, we're, are we having a huge mountain lion problem in the United <laughs> States? I don't know. So I thought that was funny. And then one last thing on this is that, especially go, coming back to the girl gamers, that I had, it was awesome. Um, one, two girls that girly girls, not not your typical gamer girls. They're up front in the classroom. You know, I got kids all around the classroom spread out playing the game, and all of a sudden they just yell out, "Yes!" Arms up, everything. Everybody stops, looks, <laughs> and we just started laughing. And they they something good happened. They created something or defeated something, whatever, whatever it was. They had a moment and they got excited, and I was just like. That was. That's awesome. I told him. I said, "You have made my day. <laughs> you have made my day." So that was. I thought that was pretty cool. I would pretty have told cool. the mountain lion kid that he made my day, but. <clears throat> yeah, it, it made me laugh. It was, it was. It was very interesting. But yeah, you you do have to worry about I guess certain animals and stuff. <laughs> well, especially down in normal Illinois, it's very. Yes, we have a lot of mountain lions. Down. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> flat corn beans. <laughs> That's awesome, though, to get those kids involved. You know, it's funny because we didn't even talk about this before <clears throat> before we did the show. And one thing I was going to ask you when you're talking about your civilization project is how you felt. You know, more if you felt more females were getting involved because as I've been doing the one through my school, the. Uh, the virtual world thing, we have um, three female teachers working with it, and we have um, almost a third of the students in the group are females, and they're really, really into it, and it's very cool. So I was going to ask you if you had seen the same thing, that growing population. I, I have seen it. It, it, is, it definitely is growing, and that's, that, is, that is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing, and that this is the whole purpose of the game. I mean, it's, it's going to be a gradual interaction with the game throughout the year as we're talking about uh, when we go off to India and China <clears throat> there's a actual uh, scenario it's called the warring states period for China so they're going to get to know some of the names of the people and the terrain of, of China at that time and some of the inventions and creations um, you know of that area of that region so it's I'm going to gradually do this throughout the year, but their knowledge of basic understanding of how civilizations are built and created and how they run, how they, you know, um, how they're able to uh, survive and, and gain strength or lose strength. That is, you know, they're asking, why is this city doing better than this city? One kid, awesome, awesome student of mine, he's like, I, I need to get sword, you know, I need to have swordsmen. Uh, you know, this, this civilization next to me is really putting pressure on me. I need to make sure that, you know, I can build up my forces. He goes, I have iron. I just started mining iron, but I'm not able to get it. I'm not able to make swordsmen. I was like, you know, he's like, what's the problem? And I look at it and I go, how does the iron get to the city? And he, his light bulb goes off. I don't have a road. Mountain lines. Yeah, mountain lines carry the iron to the city. No, he's like, I don't have a road connected to from the mine to the city and he light bulb went off and he goes as soon as he did that he was able to start making swordsmen so it was it was they're making connections on basic social studies concepts 
and they're starting to get the idea that the one of the early civics in Civilization Four is slavery. Hmm. Some kids are like, I don't know if I want to use slavery, and I go, is there is there a positive from doing it? And as you look at it, it's it's not a huge gain that you get from you know going from the previous civic to to slavery. And they're just like, even if it was a gain, I don't know if I could do it because I don't, it doesn't. It's not right. It doesn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was all. They made they made a conscious decision to do that. Now, as we teach, as I teach throughout the year, I'm going to be telling them that all major civilizations, you know, that we will discuss use slavery. Hmm. Uh, all of them did. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those ideas that they know it's bad. But now I'll make the comparison when we talk about certain civilizations that they had slavery. And they can see the positives and the negatives for, you know, whether even the positives are still bad. Mm-hmm. Cause they're making money off of off of the work of people and, people, and, yeah. and treating them in, inhumanely. So, yeah, it's just an inter- – you just get some great discussions. And then they're figuring out that I need to keep my people happy. So there's the religious aspect, and they need, you know, they, they need to build that up. We've gotten into discussions of polytheism and, and monotheism, and it's it's great. These are all things that I teach in sixth grade soul studies, ancient civilizations. So that's awesome. And it gives them visuals of what some of the areas look like. It was it was great. The first scenario that we did, they played Cyrus, which was Persian. And we were working on maps of the area, the Fertile Crescent, and finally some light bulbs went off, and they said, you know, the maps we're working on in class are look very similar to the map that we're playing in the game. And I go, that's because it's the same. <laughs> you know, they, they made the connection. They knew that India was to the east. They knew that Egypt was to the west. Um, Saudi, you know, the Arabian, uh, the Arabian civilization was, you know, in the area of Saudi Arabia. So they're starting to get uh, a general idea of that basic knowledge of where civilizations came from and what they even look like today. Because they're like, yeah, I'm near today. This would be, you know, Iraq and Iran and, and Pakistan and India. So they're seeing all this and that's, that's great. I could, I could give them map activities after map activity, but when they're actually playing it and seeing it, and interactively being involved with it, yeah, that's that, fantastic. That's it. That's great that's connection. Nice. That's awesome. It's 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 great. I'm I'm, I'm not giddy about it at all. <laughs> it doesn't sound I'm like it. About it. No. So y- your your project is going well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just flying along. It's uh, things that we had never expected. Um, the kids are all online. We finally got all the tech issues fixed. We're talking about um, gender identity, and uh, kids are creating their avatars. Okay, kind of explain <clears throat> again because just in case somebody's catching us for the first time. Okay, so um, there's a we're essentially working in a program that's much like Second Life. So it's a virtual world. It's actually the exact same browser window because Second Life is open source, and um, we're going through a grid called OpenSim, and it's <clears throat> a window called Imprudence. That's the the viewer, and these things can all be found online. And uh, Northern Illinois University has bought us a small, with, through a grant, has bought us a our own little amount of land 
that is locked off to our students so that at this time we can only interact together, which obviously is a huge letdown from virtual worlds because one of the nice things about virtual worlds is being able to experience the communication with all kinds of people outside of your classroom. But one step at a time, you know, we need to uh, make sure that um, we need to make sure that we can guarantee security before anything else. So we'll gradually sort of open it up as, uh, as things progress. Uh, but right now um, we have a, just a group of kids after school. We couldn't get it to fly during um, curriculum yet. So it's after school, all volunteer kids stay for almost two hours after school every week, once a week, they do it on their own time. They've signed a contract that they're willing to do it and they want to do it. The only reward they get is a certificate, you know, from NIU. We've got some little door prizes and things for the kids to show up to. Um, but uh, they're mostly all there because they really want to be there. And um, we've started talking about avatars and how they can construct them. We've showed them some little tips and tricks with how they can design their own avatars. And then um, we talked about being part of a culture and part of a community and um, – they had to design some kind of a clothing that would make them part of a community for next week. So we're going to go in next week. We're going to have a little clothing competition, and we'll have a winner. See who came up with the most you know, unique or original type of clothing. So it's great. The teachers participate. Um, um, the kids are, are out there. It, it's amazing that even though they're in a virtual world, when you work at home, which usually people do from virtual worlds. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the idea is you can be home alone but still connected to other people. Right. There's this whole other sort of element when they're in the room together and working together. Even though they're in the, the virtual world together and they're in the room together, it's it's still this really unique connection because they're like, they're like, oh, check out what I just did. Come over here. And they'll go to another person's computer, but then they'll meet online and they'll, you know, it, it's really, really interesting to see them teach each other and to see them uh, work with each other. So it's been fantastic so far. Uh, Very cool. Some of my students are, are really advanced. You know, the one kid came in and he wasn't really interested in avatars, but by the second week he made a complete scale model of the Sears Tower. He wow. learned how to import you know, textures and everything was absolutely beautiful. And it was down to the measurements. He showed me his sketchbook where he had printed out um, all this stuff on the exact scaling of the Sears tower and then made the whole thing to scale model. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been awesome. So, and I like how you still call it the Sears tower. (laughs) I can't call it. I will never call it anything. I don't even know what it's the the, Willis Willis? or Wilson or what you talk about Willis. What you talking about? Yeah, I don't have to talk about Sears Tower. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And it, what I what I love as a teacher is that those kids are there on their own. I mean, they they don't have to be. Yeah. Right. I mean, no, that's, that's no. their choice of being there. In fact, we we were initially worried because um, with the limitations of the server, there could only be about eighteen people online at a time. Otherwise, the server gets overloaded. And um, so we were like, okay, let's pick out 15 kids. And, uh, you know, when NIU came in, they offered us, you know, posters and all this other stuff to help advertise. And we said, well, before we do that, let's see how many kids we have. Um, And I I think I told this story before. I had, you know, told two kids 
because um, I, I don't actually have the graphic arts classes. So we went to them first to make sure those kids with interests in video games and careers in video games got first priority. And then I, I told two of my kids, and I was like, hey, do you think this would be interesting? And they were like, yeah. And then by eighth hour that day, at the end of the day, I had an email that said, like, hey, I heard you're starting this this club mm-hmm. up. I want a seat. You know? And I was like, I yeah. didn't even tell this kid. Like, how did this yeah. kid? You know, he wasn't Spreads. even in my classes. So um, – we actually filled all 15 and had a five-person waiting list without ever even advertising for it. Wow. Just out of our classes. They, they dedicate two hours a week, you know, outside of class, after school. So, I, yep. yeah, pure motivation there. I mean, there's, there's yep. nothing keeping them in there except the fact that they want to be there. So. No, that's good. Now, I, I know when my daughter finishes up cross-country, mm-hmm. she's running cross-country, when she finishes up, I'm going to offer up – Honestly, there's a lot of kids that are in cross country that want to do this. I'm going to offer up um, maybe once every other week or once a week of doing civilization after school. Oh, cool! Yeah. So I want I want to do that, and then because I have some of my former students that I kind of we played a little bit in class, but not as much as what I'm doing now, and I think they're slightly jealous. Uh huh. <laughs> and they, yeah. they're like, I hear you're playing civilization, and it's like. Yeah. yeah, you're like you're playing a lot more than what you did. And <laughs> you know, when we were there, like, yeah. yeah. So they want to do that, but I also want to open up the the coding and ha- start having them make, uh, you know, s- modifications. You could they can make their own scenarios. Yeah. And it's it's Python, and it's really easy. The code is 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 very simple. And there's several websites out there. Civ Fanatics. CIV, you know, Fanatics, uh-huh. uh, is a great website and resource for learning how to edit the code and create something new. And I'd really love for some of these former students, maybe even my current students, to create scenarios <clears throat> based upon what we teach in in sixth grade. Yeah. So. No, that's fa- that's fantastic. And, I, you know, I, I think we, we found the same thing, too. It's funny because we, we have to run a um, – a club after school, it actually takes place in, in a club. So some of the students in the room are not in our virtual world project, right. you know, so yeah. they sit in the back of the room and they're just like staring at the projector. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's this. cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's great. Yeah. So. That's great. Well, um, I got an email <laughs> within the last two weeks since we've been on hiatus. I just like saying that word <laughs> on, on, on break. Um, from Scott Meach about video games are changing education. Mm-hmm. And this thing, it's basically a chart. It's from MindShift. Mm-hmm. This chart, to me, has some good info, but it's confusing to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's You have like a how video games are changing education, and it's this huge chart, and it's skills video games develop, and I love how it kind of goes off here. It has problem-solving Judgment, analysis, strategic, uh, communication, networking, narrative skills, nonlinear thinking patterns, improved attention, video, and cognition. And then, do you want to explain this this pipe thing? I, I'm trying. I'm trying. I have to look at the pipes because I can't look at the top portion anymore. Yeah. It's starting to irritate me because uh, it's uh, drawn in perspective. And I, uh, I teach perspective drawing, and it's, it's really bad. Because, <laughs> 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 like, it, it looks like... Whoever drew, uh, see, this is a 20 minute art conversation, but it, it's, it's like they didn't make their lines the right way. So the like light gray that's supposed to make it look like a little, you know, pyramid thing underneath is not going the right direction. It's driving me crazy. Um, 
This graph kind of makes me want to just pass out when I look at it. I don't even know what to call it. It's not a graph. It's a it's a graphic, I guess. It is. It is. Yeah. And um, what is it trying to say, though? Uh, it's trying to say video games are good in in very very long term. So the middle section has has it broken up into like. See, here's my problem. Issues. <laughs> 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 okay, under number one, it has like skills video games develop, and these are right. these are excellent skills: improved attention, vision, and cognition, right. communication, networking, judgment, analysis, thinking skills. But then, under step two, it just breaks them down into like literacy, science, geography, logic, history, yeah. and so on the bottom, communication, creativity, and mathematics. Yeah. That's okay, but like, I want to see how these games fall into like all these first six categories you know what i mean like those are the really good ones that i think aid education i have a i have a solution okay they could have put the games on the far left uh-huh. I'm just like an excel spreadsheet and then they could have put like they could have done the literacy science geography logic history and and then as the as it goes across these would be across the top so be, these would be the columns you have the rows or the games and then if it fits into that category then you can just put a color or an x or whatever yeah, you know yeah. i'm saying so it, it's it's hard what we're getting at because we're trying to explain something that's very complicated to see visually and we're trying to say it audibly and that that's just this isn't working jerry yeah so <laughs> yeah it's you know they could have just said video games are good for education and that probably would have summed up the whole taste so you can look at this and say okay civilization three so you know this is a little bit old and it has age of mythology also which is an older game which is a lot of fun actually yeah and I'm thinking of how I could integrate that a little bit too, but Civilization Three, it's got a dark orange because they have a light orange. Uh, it has, well, what is the dark orange? Is that the? Uh, this is my know. other problem: is who uses red, red, orange, and orange? Come on, it's supposed to have history here. and geography. That's what the dark, the dark orange is. Yeah, so, yeah, but I, that makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously wondering if somebody. Um, miss mess something up here. I don't know because they have science as this light orange or orange, if you want to call it, and then yeah. we've got Quest Atlantis, Wyville, and Sim City, which are all like virtual worlds on well, science. I'm unclear. Right, I'm following this light orange. It's got Angry Birds. You can say physics. Then it's got Star Walk. Right. Then it's got another dot here, but there's no game. Okay, then there's. But is vocabulary? Voca- yeah, vocabulary is that? Yeah. So, and then another one that follows up. It says "Return of the Incredible Machine Contraptions." Okay, I'll then you give got that Chemicus. Some, yeah, Chemicus. Then you got Remission. Okay, so now I'm following a little bit here. River City, Mule, Sim City. So Sim City has got yellow, which is communication. Sure. Sure. And then it's got geography. The, geography. It's got the light orange, which is science. That makes sense. So I'm, I guess I'm getting it. Wyville, Quest Atlantis. You have a question about Wyville. Yeah. Quest Atlantis, uh, Food Force, Spore. I can see that. Um, and that goes all the way up to science. Okay, so I'm seeing a little bit here. I'm following it a little bit better. It's just it's very confusing. So I'm, I'm, we're going to stop talking about that because okay. it's it's so much fun for a listener to <laughs> have somebody talk about a visual that's hard to – to talk about what's the one with the the Pac-Man? Pac-Man's got some interesting facts inside here. Okay, so it's facts and statistics. It's not all fun and games. Um, some believe the negative aspects of video games outweigh any positives. You know, as always. And then, so some of them in here are 
Some teachers worry that games motivate students to achieve defined win stages rather than to seek knowledge, which I would argue if your defined win stage doesn't have you seeking knowledge, then it's a pretty crappy win stage. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I play, I played a game yesterday in my soul studies classes. So that's bad. Yeah. That I, you know, they're, they're trying to win the game, but in the meantime, they're also learning. And that, especially with civilization, the kids are learning and they don't even know it yet. And yeah. it's just, that's, that it's for me as a kind of a guide, well, that's you know, some of the best teacher part is when they don't know yes. it. Yeah. yeah. They don't so like when to I ask them, they don't like to know they're learning. No, no, we have teenagers. I have preteens. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's, you got some kids that will always want to learn. Doesn't matter. We're not dealing with, we're not dealing with the kids that we were when, you know, yeah. things have changed. What's the next one there? Uh, 70% of survey teachers felt that playing games in the classroom could lead to antisocial behavior. I I also I, believe that yeah. if you're playing that, you're playing the wrong games. That's yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's just not accurate, yeah. I believe. 30% of students believe that playing games could lead to increased violence and aggression. 30% of know. students probably also believe there is not a moon, so <laughs> should we take no. Yeah. Um, well, it, I think students right now are very pessimistic. It's just, <laughs> yeah. you know. College grads, pessimistic. So yeah, it's it's yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know about that number. The thirty percent, the seventy percent teach uh, survey teachers antisocial. Uh, yeah, just come to my classroom and I have the kids in groups of two. I have sometimes I have three when they're playing Civilization, and the discussions that are going on. You know, it's 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 really good. The next step that I think I'm going to do, Jerry, especially the social aspect, is that I can set up. It's called Hot Seat, and it's not. It's not like hot lips from MASH, but hot seat. <laughs> it's where you take a turn, uh-huh. and then the, once you're done with your turn, next it says switching to next um, player, and then they take a turn. And it goes back and forth. What you can do is I can set up a, I can set up a a, a custom game to where they are playing on the same team, hmm. and I could just do a random map, or I can do a scenario. And they can be on the same team together, and they are going to have to work together uh, in order to succeed. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. It's yeah. So they make a turn, but it's it, they have to communicate. One of the things is trying to, you know, if your civilization is close, trying to get a communication route between the two of you. Um, you know, it, it's <clears throat> but also not only in the game, but between the the two groups. So definitely the socialization. I thought about doing that because then I could get everybody playing at the same time in my classroom rather than just half the class. Hmm. And I think that could be very a cool. very cool way of having the kids interact with one another but also uh, collaboratively you know, reason and work together. Yeah. Hey, so, you know, I, I, I think on a whole this, this whole chart was – you know, still a pretty good thing. And I read some of those. I take a look at it. I read some of those things from that negative aspect. But you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, if you read this, 30% of students believe that playing games could lead to increased violence and aggression. And you put it the other way, 7 out of 10 students believe that playing games does not lead to violence and aggression. Yeah. Then it's already a positive stat. So yeah, I think they're just trying to find something to yeah. you know, put on the other side. Because the rest of this stuff in here is actually really cool. It goes through the most popular educational games of all time. and uh, There's a lot of stuff. It's just kind of confusing to read, but it's uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of good information. It is, and you know, those that are listening, go look at it. 
make some comments. We'd love to hear back from you on this and see how that see what you think about it. Yeah. I think it's I think it could lead to some interesting discussion. Okay, last topic, and of course that's what our title is called for today. And um, of course we're <laughs> we're running out of time and <laughs> not much. Okay, so it's it's called I found this on Geek Dad. It's called uh, it's an RPG called Lady Blackbird, mm-hmm. and basically it is a complete uh, scenario to where you can and not even talking about kids here, just talking about how. Um, it, it's an eight. It's I don't know how many pages, but it's a PDF. You download the PDF, and it has a complete 15, 15 pages. Has a complete uh, scenario that you can go through and role play. Has all the rules. All you need is die or dice. Everything's there. Uh, it's they said uh, on Geek Dad. Uh, the article says that it's it's basically it's a mix between Firefly, which is one of my favorite shows that was ever canceled, and Star Wars. It's like a steampunk. Oh, type I love steampunk. So it it's got it says on here page one is the setup and credits. Mm-hmm. Page two is an overview of the uh, lady um, lady Blackbird universe. Three and seven are character sheets. Uh, page eight is the owl. It's one of the the ships that's that's there, and the the illustration is really cool. Uh, page nine is how to run the game and um, the GM tips. Um, you know, dungeon yeah, you know, game master, dungeon master tips, character advancement info. So it's got everything here. The the one thing that you could, what gets me really psyched about something like this is that not only for me to sit down with somebody and play. I think it's two to six. They say it's two to six. You gotta have more than two. But what? Yeah. It's you, you know, get it sitting down and playing this game, but. What I love is that it's basically like a template. You could take this and modify it to whatever you're doing. You could set this up for Hunger Games, which is a very popular book series, and it's coming out with a movie. You could. I'm just seeing different ways that you could do use role playing within the classroom and have it be applicable to what you're teaching in the classroom. Yeah, and I th- I think just the concept of games and then game making is yes. is amazing for students. I know one of my favorite things that I did um, in my undergraduate was we had a class where we had to make a game and it was about art education. It was about art. We had to make a game about art and bring it in. And now we were all college level students, so the games we made had to be pretty you know intricate and they had to be you know like board games or have lots of parts and we put them inside boxes and decorated the boxes and I can see a lot of frustrations for my kids you know coming about that. But this concept of being able to create all this stuff about a game and then share it as a PDF is awesome, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's I, I think that's a great way to uh, get people excited about, you know, RPGs. And the, the it's, what are you learning with RPGs? Okay, there's math involved. And it, you can't just take be a teacher that's never done gaming before or never had role-playing, never played Dungeons & Dragons or anything like that. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to take this, read it, and play it with the kids. You can't do this. The content in this game is, is I think, a little bit higher level. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, uh, high school or above. And you just can't throw yourself into it. But I think there's other things out there that can be used, or you can take this and modify it yourself and use it. But there's math skills. 
there is creativity. The creativity, especially like a dungeon master, a game master, um, to create a story. I mean, the best storytellers that I know were dungeon masters. You know, they were yeah. the ones that were able to just come up with some, you know, crazy stories and and make it make it fun. I mean, that's that is a huge skill. It's like a bard, you know, uh, troubadour. You know, somebody that's able to to tell stories. So that's a lot of fun. Then just being able to make decisions on the fly and working together with others. That those are great skills. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great skills. So something like this to have an RPG. Uh, and make it cool. And I know there's other stuff out there. And really, I should do some research and find some other things out there and see how other RPGs are being used within classrooms. I know Geek Dad's done some things where uh, one of the writers has, has been teaching. They've been doing family game night, but they're using Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was really cool. That's cool. Uh, but the skills that you learn and the interactivity that you have with with the, the people around you, that's a lot of fun. And I yeah. think something like that can be very cool. So video games, very cool because they have the screen there, but doing something like this, social interaction with people right there, I think is a lot of fun. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm just mystified by the art of it. And I think th- this is something that's like R- RPG. I don't know where it comes together. Maybe I need to do some research on this, but like every time there's a great RPG, it just has phenomenal artwork. Oh, they do. And between this one, you know, I had I had a friend showing me magic, or, or a, a kid at school showing me magic cards, mm-hmm. his magic cards, and the art oh, on them is just, just absolutely stunning. And all Just that go to Barnes & Noble. Stuff. Just yeah. go to Barnes & Noble. I mean, you, you know, if you want to see these these books, you know, hold them or whatever, you, there's tons of, of great artwork. Yeah. And uh, the styles in there. It's just, it's cool stuff. Cool stuff. So, you know, RPGs are not just played in your mother's basement. <laughs> I like it. So, yeah. So that, I think that's it, Jerry. I think you got to get going, and I got plenty to do today. Oh, I just have to share my youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're finishing up Return of the Jedi today. So Yay. Watching it. So she is just she is just so enthralled, and uh, she's impressing the boys at school that she <laughs> knows Star Wars. And, nice. I'm just I'm not proud you're at all. Done now. <clears throat> I'm not proud at all. Yeah, my <laughs> wife's my wife's really happy with me. So hey, thanks uh for listening. I'm glad we're back this week. Thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Bears fifty one, Packers negative four. <laughs> they lost. They lost. Yeah. Uh, would it, how do you do that, Jerry? That's my final score. That's okay. what's gonna happen. Steelers are going to win, but they're just they're playing Indy, and I feel really bad for them. Aaron Rodgers is going to get hurt. Brett Favre's going to come oh, back. That's not nice. And then he's going to lose points for the team. That's not nice. It's going to be bad. That's not nice. Okay. <laughs> See you, Jerry. Bye.